for listening to the Weekly Dish. Welcome. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. It's January. It's 2019. I'm barely here. No, I'm here. I'm totally here and I'm ready for you guys. Stephanie March, Weekly Dish. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese, Weekly Dish, Twin Cities Live. Good morning. Thanks for having me. I'm filling in for Steph today. I was so excited to get to buzz in. I know. Especially in the new year. You know, new year. I don't really love that new you thing, but I do think it like it's a nice time to kind of evaluate where you're at with a lot of things in life. Oh, I, you know, the whole... things up. Yeah. And the idea to me, exactly. It's a fresh start. It doesn't have to be about cutting things out. And last week we, you know, Hans and I were talking about what it is that you want to add to your life. And we've talked about this and the intentions you want to set and how do you expand. And actually we put a little question on the Facebooks about that too. So if you want to click into the Facebook, I asked, what are you, and it can be food, it can be drink, it can be anything actually. What are you adding to your life this year? What's the thing? So if you guys want to go in and add to that, that is there. But we're definitely in a place where I think it's kind of not so much about like, Okay, what are you cutting out and what are you, you know, trimming down? I'm off dairy, I'm off gluten, yeah. I'm off yeah. eggs, I'm off everything, I'm off all anything. Yeah, and it just gets to be the point where, I mean, that's kind of not, I don't know, that's not sustainable to me anyway. That's how you lapse, I think. That's yeah. how you, like, don't live up to your expectations if you have set them to, you know, not do things mm-hmm. in a weird way. I think there is a little bit of a mental shift in terms of stop thinking about things to cut out of your life and start thinking about crowding out. Yes. I mean, and that's just a byproduct of adding great things. So mm-hmm. thinking of things, you know, and we'll talk a little bit more about this throughout the show, but we talked about some great places to get greens, green salad, green juices, green things like that on Twin Cities Live yesterday with you, Steph. And it was that concept of just figuring out how can I add in right. amazing things, which then just sort of naturally crowds out the right. yuck. If you think about it, you're like, you you don't want to say I won't eat pizza. I'm just, I'm not going to eat pizza, you know? But then you think if you're going to, like, on your Fridays instead say, I'm going to make an effort to cook every Friday night, you know, instead of, like, just ordering it. That's my effort. More likely than not, you're going to do something that's a little bit better for you than just ordering a pizza. That's the Not truth. that there's anything wrong with pizza. Oh, gosh. And that's the point. Like, I don't ever, I'm not going to give it up, but, you know. Yeah, we're not into, Frequency. like, demonizing the foods. But I think um, <clears throat> adding in some good stuff is very important, like... Eggs from eggs. your backyard chickens. Okay, I have a question about this. Please okay, ask, because so, my chickens are now laying eggs, and this is... How long know, have you had them since and this is the first time they're laying eggs? Yes, so okay. I have had... I've had chickens, if you haven't listened to the show much, um, for five years. You're the chicken lady. I've had You're a resident for chicken years. lady. Yeah, it's now been a while. Uh-huh. It's been a while. So I feel like I'm... I'm you kind are of kind a of an, you're kind of a chicken expert. Once you start to hit the five year part, I, be- point, I believe at one year you're actually already an expert. <laughs> so I've had chickens for five years and I've had three different sets of chickens. Yeah. Now chickens can live. People always ask this. How long can a chicken live? Chickens can really live like between seven and nine years in your in if they're protected and whatever. It's really hard to get a chicken to last that long. I mean, yeah. some people do. But, um, you know, we would let ours free range in our old yard. And so there's predator risk. Uh-huh. I mean, we just moved this fall. And at our new house, my husband built me a new coop. And he sent me a picture of a hawk sitting right outside the coop. Sitting oh. outside. Hey. Had we not had them protected inside yeah. even during the day, they would, I mean, it would have been toast. Right. For at least one of them. So it takes about six months for them to start laying eggs. So we get them as little tiny day old chicks. Yeah. And this batch we got in June, we have four, and then we um, wait for them to lay eggs all year, all summer, and so then they start laying around December. So I just got my first egg on December 16th oh from our God. one of our chickens, and then now I think we have two laying, 
Um, and then we'll see, you know, they'll start to lay more. And the positive now is that the days are starting to get a little longer. Yeah. So as the days get longer and then that sun gets a little stronger, we'll be able to get more eggs. Because is that it? They need like a long, they need daylight. more daylight. Yeah, they're all about the daylight. Yep. So they lay eggs. The chickens are more productive when they are, um, when there are longer days. Now, why are there always eggs in the grocery store? It's because they're artificially they're lit. They're artificially lit. They're artificially yep. lighting. And I do that to some extent too, because I use a heat lamp in my coop. Yeah. Um, but it's like a red light, yeah. not a blazing white light. Yeah. And I do that because... It's cold. Okay. And the this, city of Minneapolis this was, requires me to do so. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. My question was that I was thinking about the other day because I was kind of deciding like maybe next year I'll think about doing chickens. I maybe. love this. I, I am, know. I am turning you. I know you are. And um, I thought about it like, what do you do in January? Where do they go? They go they just, in their they're coop. They're in their coop. They're in their coop. They hang out. They spend more time outside. Interestingly enough, it's actually easier to keep your chickens happy and healthy in the cold than it is in the heat. Really? They're much more sensitive to like... Heat, humidity, they can get more diseases and mites and funguses and things like that. And in the cold, it's really not bad. You have to watch out for frostbite if it's super, super cold. But that being said, I mean, they're dumb, but they're not that dumb. They know when you have have a heat lamp in your coop and then they'll go in. And there's there are other kinds of heaters, too. Like there's one that's just sort of it's like a it looks kind of like a small black flat screen TV that just emits heat that then the chickens can go up against. Oh. But they do great. They're super feathered. And think about it. I mean, you see birds all the time, right? Yeah. Don't you still see birds? I know, but it's just that idea. <laughs> it's so weird. You're like, I know there are birds in the trees, but for some reason, like, I feel like because they're flying around, they're like warmer. <laughs> oh, but I thought about colder. it. So then let me ask you this. Okay, so I, the thing that I would do is I would probably convert. I have a couple of sh- like like wooden sheds in sure. like at the bottom of my hill and yeah. you know that were that are old 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 and I was thinking I would convert one of those easy and easy, great huh? and that's a great idea okay. that's an awesome way to build a coop now we don't have that luxury because right. we live in the city so yeah. um Jay had to build me one this was his first time building a coop and he did it with a friend they built one for his family and for our family and they turned out amazing and it was really great but it was you know my my husband was like this will take me three days <laughs> Six weeks later, <laughs> I'm like, God, uh, I love that hey. statement. So this the moving truck came days. and our stuff is at the new house and our chickens are living in a dog kennel. Right. <laughs> because <laughs> we have no coop yet. But listen, it turned out amazing and it's fantastic. But converting an old shed is a great idea. Yeah. Let you me could, ask, So what do you, how much, like for people who are thinking about doing chickens and stuff, what do you think is like the investment that you need to make? To, to like start being a chicken. It's not a money saving operation. This okay? is what I want people to understand. It's not a money saving like, operation. I'm save so much money no, on eggs. I'm no, like, yo. You don't. I mean, you don't. Now, generally, now I'll tell you, once you become a person who has backyard chickens, you get real snobby about your eggs. It's yeah. really hard for you. Like, I cannot buy 79 cent a no. dozen eggs yeah. uh-huh. for a myriad of reasons. And that was even before I had chickens. Yeah. But, um, you know, the eggs that I buy that are pasture raised are six bucks a dozen. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. So... When I'm getting my own, it is saving me. But your coop costs, you know, we bought our first coop, our second coop Jay built, so that was cheaper. So Jay probably spent 300 bucks on materials. Yeah. You know, and then you think about all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, you have to buy feed. Mm-hmm. You have to buy bedding, which isn't crazy expensive, but it's still probably, I probably spend 25 20 to 25 bucks a month on them. Okay. That's what I want to know. But the great positive too, is that I also use, I use a lot of the foods that we discard. I give to the chickens. So like when I cut off the end of lettuce, 
I throw that out to the chickens. If I have lettuce that's like one day past where I would want to eat it, I throw it out to the chickens. When I hit the end of bread that starts to feel like a little stale, I throw it out to the chickens. And they're good with that. And they love it. Oh my gosh, they love like pot roast. They love any, you know, anything. (laughs) The only thing you don't feed them is chicken. chicken. Yeah, because that's gross. Morally wrong. I don't know why. wrong. Yeah, Uh, it's really fun. If you get, you know, you start to... It's a slippery slope because you get really excited about growing your own food and creating your own food, your own food. And you're so into your garden now that then that's what happens. You want chickens. I want bees next. Yes. I've got to now um, we talk a lot about my cherry tree on this show and I sold my cherry tree with my house, my old house. And so um, you have been scoping out spots of where we're going to get a couple. I think we're going to do a little mini cherry tree grove because I've got um, I have some more space because you have a little more space, a lot more space. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. And then the last thing with the chickens thing is what happens when they when they pass. Okay, so uh, I've had a few situations where they've died. Many situations. Uh, I will tell you that neighbor dogs in the city are the number one killer of um, chickens. Yeah. And at my old house, my neighbor dog got two of them. The neighbors before that got one because we had, the, you know, they they went over the fence. It was like the dog busted through the part of the fence. It's just the way that it goes. Yeah. We also lost one, we think, to an owl. Yeah. We lost one to an illness. So you have to decide and you need to have an end game plan. Yeah. So you need to decide if you're going to be a person who like rushes your chicken to the vet <laughs> if they're sick or if you're going to try everything that you can and then... um and then let them pass. Um, you also have to decide if you're going to be a person who takes your chicken to be butchered. Now, in the city of Minneapolis, it's illegal to butcher chickens in your yard. Oh. That's a whole nother thing to talk about of why that's illegal, but whatever. That's bizarre. Um, so if I were going to take my chickens to be processed somewhere, I'd have to take them somewhere to have them done. Done. And at the end, you know, I mean, this is the thing. Like when you get to the end of a chicken's life, if they've been laying for a long time, it's not like you probably are going to have like the chickens you buy in the store are young chickens. Yeah. So you're not going to have this amazing roast chicken. It would be a chicken <laughs> that you would use for stock. Yeah. So have an end game plan and decide. And I've had a couple situations where I've had I've lost all of my flock, but one and they can't live by themselves. So oh. I've called friends who have chickens and said, hey, can I? give you this chicken will you introduce it into your flock and they do it's really nice that was one of the things people were talking about that it was a hard you had to kind of a lot of people found that it was harder than they thought and then ended up bringing them to like animal shelters and stuff and that's not fair and that's not fair because they're not equipped on somebody else yeah Yeah. you have to figure out you have to have a conversation about what your end game plan is now what i'm loving i saw the new city of minneapolis regulations because I hadn't gotten a permit in a long time. Now I'm, I have to get a new permit. Yeah. And um, they require you to take a class before you can get the permit and eggplant urban farm supply, which I talk about there in St. Paul, they're on Selby. There's a lot of other places too. They offer a fantastic class. You should absolutely take a class before you do it. This and then is true. Just find out where you're at and see if it's the right thing for you. But yeah. for us, it's been really fabulous. We love it. There it is. That's that's your chicken update. And in case that was one of your intentions this year was chickens, <laughs> you know who to talk to. You can always tweet me, email you can me, Facebook. Always. I'm happy to help. That's true. All right. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we have a great show today, really talking about a lot of the things that just are going to be exciting about 2019 and health. We're going to talk a little dry January. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about how to dip into the vegan world. And we're also going to talk about where you can eat around town. That's going to kind of boost your green intake. We like that. We like that. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this 
actual spring morning because it's so nice outside. It's just incredible. It's kind of this false spring thing, though. You know, I mean, we all know it's not spring. We all know that this is just like a little quick blip. It's a January thaw. And we do typically get a January thaw. Usually. And it feels great. I was out. um, I had a shoot with a friend yesterday and then we walked out into the parking lot and she said, this is like Denver winter. And I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is what it feels like. Yeah. Denver winter. Yeah. You're living the good life because you can stand out there and you feel the sun on your face. If anything, just soak up some vitamin D peeps. This is the thing. I mean, like that, there is something about that lack. I don't know if you're taking vitamin D. That's like, I don't take vitamins or anything, but in the wintertime, just a little vitamin D gummy. That's it. That's all it needs to be. Vitamin D is good. Just a little bump. Muy importante. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, sorry, I was talking about uh, how we were talking about the new year, starting fresh, fresh starts. And one of the things that I was thinking about is that we kind of, you know, besides the fact that you're adding more vegetables or adding, you know, you're kind of maybe you're taking uh, less sugar than you were eating before. Yeah, because you know? you're not crushing Christmas cookies. Oh my God, just the lack of that alone. I'm like, oh, that's right. I don't eat cookies every day. And f- oh, I remember that. Even just after a week of not doing that, my jeans fit better. How incredible. It's it's amazing. It's the difference is sort of amazing. It's like the muffin top just reduces it, so quickly. It is amazing. Yeah. And so I was thinking about how though you kind of always I don't know, when you start to approach meals and everything differently, I always come to the January with like, okay, remembering now that now that I'm not cooking for big groups either really as much, I'm yeah. just sort of paring down for me and the kid or something like that. And I start thinking about or if we're doing a group, it's usually a smaller group and it's less of a, like a pomp and circumstance, you know, mm-hmm. just after from Thanksgiving all the way to Christmas and New Year's, it gets crazy. Um, one of the things I was thinking about is how we approach and how we organize and everything is different. And you were looking at, you were going to talk, you were, you had a thing on here about meal planning. And for you, that has been a big thing. Meal planning thing. is a game changer. Yeah. I've been posting um, right, pretty regularly throughout my move. It got a little difficult because I wasn't meal planning. We were just like surviving. Um, and I've been posting menu board Monday. So I did this hashtag menu board Monday. And then I've had people hashtag and send me their menu boards that they create at the beginning of the week for the entire week. And I find this to be a full out game changer. It saves me the most money of just about anything that I've ever done Yeah, because we don't go grocery shopping day of and we don't resort to eating out as much, which just saves you cash when you have a family of four. Right. Yeah. So um, I have this really cute menu board. It's locally made, which, by the way, is really cute. It's by these girls at Style and Dwell, if you're interested. And I have it linked up on my Instagram. You can see it. Um, I did a fun giveaway with them, too. So they make these, like, really cute acrylic menu boards. Yeah. And there are tons of them online, too. I'd recommend going to Etsy if you want to find one, or you can make one, whatever. And I just post it up, and I just write down what we're having for dinner each night. And... It's so fabulous because you know what you're having. There's no change in expectation. The one thing I will say is that sometimes we'll be like, oh, we plan to have tacos on Tuesday night. But, you know, my husband said, I want to pick up tacos instead. And that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can be flexible. It's not like it has to be set in stone. Right. Or you can switch things up a little bit. But it's just having the plan that I find to be the most just... It's such a relief going home, especially, you know, I'm in the thick of it. I've got we have two demanding full time jobs and we have two little kids. We have a four year old and an 18 month old. So we're in the thick of just trying to make it through. And if I come home and there is no plan for dinner, it's like cheese quesadillas for everybody. Because there's no other option. That's well. And so that's like the idea of also thinking so that you are sort of 
thinking about your meals a little bit more than just reacting. Yes. You know, and I think that helps you sh- when you're shopping. I try to do that, but I know like I sit on a Sunday shop. Is that when you grocery shop? Is yeah, Sundays? I usually get, yeah, I either go or I get it all delivered. Yeah. Getting it delivered is even better for right. me because then I find that I don't. Now, the downside is you don't always look at like, oh, what looks the best. Right. But the upside is you're not looking at look what else looks amazing and spending a ton. This extra. is true. Mm-hmm. This is true. I don't I don't ever do the delivery because I need to sort of like I need to like go to the store and like think about and feel things and yep. kind of have that moment. But um, just even thinking, OK, well, I know I'm going to do chili tonight. I know that I and I see like a pot roast. I'm like, when can I do pot roast this week? Maybe yeah. Thursday. You know, like I know I'm out this week and this week, you know, or this day and this day. But like I'll, I'll be home this day. This is a great day to do this mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Even that little bits of those kind of things, thinking ahead, helpful. It totally helps. And then you can get your family involved and excited about it. They know, like when I send the kids off to school for the day and they know what they're having for dinner that night, they're really excited about it. It's not an argument. It's not like a resentful thing of who's making what and what are we having for dinner? And well, why don't you contribute something? Right. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know, it's just like an easy way to remove some of those things. There are some really great resources to, um, you know, Stephanie Meyer, of course, who has a uh, fresh tart staff and mm-hmm. she has her project vibrancy product, uh, protocol meal planning is great. Yeah. Project vibrancy is a good option. Um, Emily Dingman is a local blogger. She has a blog called my everyday table and she is a nutritionist. She also has little kids. So if you're kind of in that phase of life, it's a really good resource. And she does a meal plan subscription too, that you can get every week. She'll send you a plan with the ingredients and with everything. So you don't have to think about it. Yeah. It's just set and ready to go. And that can help add a little structure. I think so too. And I think also, so the other thing for me, as far as like thinking differently about meals and foods and parties and, and having group things, instead of thinking about and uh, having like making a big meal for everybody and making like the sit, like, you know, having like a giant piece of giant chicken and then making a perfect side to go with that and making, doing all this kind of stuff. Have you read Alison Roman and her dining? So Alison no. Roman is, a, and I'm just going to say, I can't remember what her book is, but she writes for the New York Times yes, as well. Yes, I know who she is, but I don't know what this latest thing is. So her big thing is how she's going to eat in 2019, she says. Okay. I know. And I loved it because um, she says her big thing is about grazing. Now, it's not like we, I mean, we all we all graze all the time and grazing isn't new. It's not like this massively new concept, but no. her idea is that when she has people over, she does wants less time in the kitchen and more time at the table because she's like, whenever people come over, I end up cooking like a flurry in the kitchen and they're all sitting at, or, you know, and then I finally like, we get it on the table and then we quickly eat and then it's done. I know. And she feels like, because they're all ch- chatting in the front half because she's in the kitchen cooking. Yep. And for a lot of us, people are in the kitchen with us mm-hmm. while we're cooking. And that's a good, helpful part of like, you know, doing, having the time together. I don't have a separation from my kitchen to my dining. So we're all together, but I like the way that she says that the way that she's going to eat this year is to do things where it's like, she puts a, a, like maybe it's a roast chicken on the table, but instead of like trying to make all the other perfect side dishes that are going to take all the time, she puts a lot of little dishes of pickled things or like lettuce. For, if you want to wrap your chicken pieces, if you want to put it, if you want to make like a, she'll put out like little rolls, you can make your own little sandwich situation. Sort of that idea of like, there's, uh, you know, like cold noodles, like a bowl of cold noodles. And then you, everybody dresses it how you want to dress oh, it. Oh, that's great. Isn't this a great idea? This is a good idea. And I actually did this. We had some friends over, um, some coworkers over. I had yeah. my, um, 
a couple of my Twin Cities Live colleagues and their families over during the holidays. And I made um, a pork shoulder in the oven and then set out just some buns and um, just some like other little things. We did some pepper jelly with cream cheese and crackers and just like some other little things around. And I just set it out when it was ready as it was. Oh, and I did a soup too. And it was just so like, just do whatever you want to do. And sometimes that happens naturally when you have a lot of little kids around because there just aren't enough seats for everyone. Right. So you're not necessarily doing a full sit down dinner. Right. But everyone can just kind of serve themselves. Come and get a little bit. Pick it up. Run away. And then I didn't feel like I was on the stove. Right. Waiting for everything to be timed perfectly. Well, that's what, and that's exactly what, um, that's exactly the whole thing of like, the timing of it all is what actually wrecks my whole, like, that is probably the worst part of my cooking. 100%. You know, sort of like my skills is like, is making sure that I'm like, oh, well, this has to sit longer because I I misjudged the timing on this and then it kind of gets bleh. So this is, I mean, this is exactly like making a roast chicken ahead of time, warming it up, putting it on the table with a bunch of pickled things and everything else. I'm going to link up to her article so you guys can kind of hear her cadence on it. But she has three three great recipes that go along with it in terms like an everyday salmon with tangy cucumbers and fried shallots. Just putting a big salmon on the table, letting people pull off of that. And not being so obsessed with everything having to be blazing hot. Yeah, that's... Like room temperature oh can God, be fine. So fine. My mom so instilled good. that in us. She was like a crazy person about things being hot. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, I don't have, I don't, I don't care at all, no, actually. I know, it's no. better to not. I know. All right, so that's going to be how we approach 2019, you guys. Those are just some tips and some ideas. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and hopefully we are going to be chatting with Heather Manley about dry January. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on this Saturday. It's a fresh January. It's the 2019. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Elizabeth Reese. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's so fun to get to fill in. I always love when I get the call. Yes, I will show up. I, it's, you know what, any, any, any time you want, because it's so easy to talk food with friends. And that's kind of what we do here. That's and hopefully truth. you guys are all sitting there with a hot cup of coffee or a warm glass of tea and just kind of, uh, kind of soaking it in. Cheers to the coffee. Cheers to the coffee. I was tea. almost late today because I made my coffee and I was staring at it brewing and I thought, Steph will understand if she has to tiptoe and talk for uh, five seconds at the beginning of the show because I had to have my coffee. If anyone will understand, it will be Steph. I completely do. In fact, <laughs> you saved my biscuit once because I was late. You know what I mean? Do you remember that? You had to start the show once without me. Yes, I do remember that. And yeah. guess what? It was I was happy to do it. So we are being joined. <laughs> oh, hot minute. Hot talking minute. Coming in hot. We were just talking about coming in hot. We're glad that you're yeah. coming in hot. This is our guest. This is our guest, Heather Hello. Manley. But hold on. You get settled. You're fine. So last oh. night I posted a picture, by the way, that didn't mean to be sort of a oh, jerk. I know it's kind of a jerk moment because here's the deal. I can't do dry January. <laughs> not only because of who I am, but because of what I, how I work. I can't necessarily go out for a restaurant and not try a cocktail or kind of a thing like that. But I'm always impressed and respect the people who can. So with that in mind, I wanted to talk about what dry January is and how it's so funny that my friend who is a, owns a liquor company is the one doing dry January. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, but no. <laughs> like, I tell, like I tell my girlfriends who can't eat meat. You just model eat it. You yeah. chew it and spit out. Yeah. <laughs> you can sip and spit. You're right. I could sip and spit. Yes. That's yeah. true. No, you, you needed to can, try Can something. you imagine me reviewing a restaurant and just like taking a sip? I'm like, a do you have a bucket? spit bucket? You don't? Oh, come on. 
<laughs> you don't have a spit bucket? You don't bucket? have a spit bucket? That's so weird. What century are we in? So we have Heather Manley here. Heather Manley, of course, is the woman and the force behind Crooked Water Spirits. Yes. Which is, of course, Manley's Old Fashioned is something we talked about before Christmas. Has a really great gift. And we have a lot, and you're there's you have so many different great products. Thank you. For, and we'll talk about those in a second. But it surprises me that you are always someone who is like, I'm going to take January off. I'm just going to take it and go clean with the alcohol and go dry January. It's the pure liver regeneration. It's <laughs> mandatory. Is it? Is it detox to retox? It's about to jump out of my body yeah. and say f you yeah. and run right. So I one year I did 30, one year I did 60, one I did 90. You did 90 one year, I remember that. Oh my that. God, that was amazing. I was incredibly productive. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I like alcohol too much. Yeah. So it's about that fine balance of being able to have a glass of wine. And I'll tell you the last like three months has just been push, 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 events, events, events. And we all have a reason to celebrate every single day. Mm-hmm. We can all justify it. Yeah. Which can be dangerous. And yeah. I love to splurge every day, whether it's my food or whether it's uh, a cocktail. So just taking that step back and resetting. And plus, it's for spring. I'll drop a quick 10. <laughs> I'll fit into all my dresses. I mean, Isn't that's that really easy? the point. Honestly, that I, I've heard from lots of people that actually cutting alcohol out for one month is mm-hmm. an amazing. It's a good reset. You know, my Twin Cities Live co-host, Steve Patterson, he'll do this on occasion where he'll cut alcohol for a month. And he says it's just to to just reestablish who's the boss in that relationship. <laughs> it's just helpful to go like, who's the boss in this relationship? And I think that's important with anything. That's important Hopefully with he food. Won. Yes, yeah. he always wins. That's important with food. I think that can be important with shopping, with anything, where you're like, let's just establish who's in control with this yeah. relationship between me and whatever it is that I'm enjoying or indulging in. Right. Yeah. It's all in um, moderation. And I'll say, even in the four days, I've lost a solid two and a half pounds. Wow. wow. Now, what I think it contributes to because I my my passions are family food and business or uh, family food and booze in that order. So I love to eat. I eat like a three hundred pound man. Yeah, and You'd, I've uh, seen it. I'm like, not lying. Uh, I yeah. don't stop. Yeah, and then when I drink, I just eat like maybe a five hundred pound man. Yeah, and um, when I realize that when I don't drink and I eat, I get I, I recognize when I'm full. Yeah, fuller quicker, and just even that, I'm cutting out probably five hundred calories a day. Um, that I don't have to mitigate or work out for or whatever. Um, and that's how it comes off. Cause I ate, I ate like an idiot yesterday Yeah, and I'm still down a pound <laughs> because I only ate a little bit like an idiot, not yeah. a lot. Right. Right. I think that's, and I think that there's something about that, that fresh start, like we were talking about it, intentions and sort of recognizing it. And then that kind of, I mean, however it goes afterwards and however it just sort of resets how you see things. Yeah. And, and I like that. And it's even, uh, relearning how to be in like a social setting and not have a cocktail. Yeah. I move right to hot water and a lemon or a tea. But my dinner with Paul last night, mm-hmm. one of our friends, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm such a boring companion right now. Well, and the funny thing he, is, you know, we usually throw down like two bottles of wine. Yeah, the last time we had dinner with him, it was there was I don't even show. know how many how there many two bottles Ubers. of wine. Yeah, I think we had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a you know, I've been pregnant twice in the last four years, so I sort of have done dry many months oh, <laughs> in the yeah, last few mandatory. years. It's kind of a funny thing where I hear people going like. Like, okay, I'm not drinking, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, well, yeah, good for you. Good yeah, for you. right. Well, let's look at my. Well, listen, I did yeah. the dry ten month period and didn't do it, but it is a really interesting thing when you talk about relearning how to be in a social setting. If you are a person who has never had an issue with alcohol, and so you don't choose to not drink, then when I remember the first time I was pregnant. And everyone around me was drinking and we were still, my husband and I were still in like our go out and happy hours every night and, you know, going out to everything. And I was just like, 
you know, How Elizabeth Reese turned into bitter Betty. Like, yes, just because yes. judging you all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and all I would do is just eat dessert. I would order dessert everywhere we went because I'm like, you guys, you, you can have yours. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But it is, it's, I think, understanding that you're not reliant on your cocktail. We sort of have like two things. We have like our phones and our drink that we're using as like our little pacifier when we're out and about or it's like an oral or visual fixation yeah right always be busy always be doing something it's very like what did we do 10 years ago when there was no like internet at our hands yeah i mean we read a city pages Mm -hmm. right (laughs) what or we cities talk to uh, minneapolis uh, st paul magazine yeah right right yeah Uh, like nobody does that anymore and it's just if you sit at the bar and just sitting if you sit at the bar it is very interesting if you go alone and sit at the bar and which yeah. sometimes i do because which i'm is such a luxury i love i, that I know so right i love doing that. i know and so go and just either checking in for a drink or like checking in with some bartender friends or whatever and i look down and it's like if ed there's other solo people everyone is looking down at their phone and yeah. i don't i mean i don't begrudge that i feel like whatever you need to do that's fine but it's interesting how I think like what did we do ten years ago? Did we, we sit here and chat? Books and what? Did we brought... stare? Don't look me in the eye, please. Yeah. <laughs> Just text me. Just text me. I yeah. saw a photo though, like a photo comparison of a New York City subway car, and it was today. Everyone is sitting down looking at their phones, and then it was like uh, seventy five years ago, and everyone was sitting down looking at their newspapers. Yeah, I saw so we've one. all found. I think we've been finding ways to disconnect from people in public places. <laughs> Or maybe just call it cope, coping with the world. I think it's kind of a a normal thing, but um, but I like it. I like this concept of the dry January. Although it is harder to get out of a conversation because it's so easy to just be like, "Oh, I have to get another drink." I'll say how many people have walked into a manhole reading a newspaper. Yeah, right. I don't know. I think it's a little different, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So one of the things, though, that is important to know is that when we're saying dry January the, it's and the social situations, you don't have to not have a drink in your hand. Correct. And what you are doing and what I love is you are posting a mocktail. Mocktail. Kind of every day. Yeah, Ooh. I will. Okay, be honest. I made I mean, one last night, but I was in bed and too lazy to post it. Yeah, no. I mean, anyone who says I'm going to post something. Instagram, and then I share it to, because I'm too lazy, I share it to Crooked Water. And then at, and Heather, I'll repost the Crooked Water. It's a hot mess. Okay, yeah. no, this, this is, is good. One woman show. I just want to know who. <laughs> you just have to tell us who to follow on Instagram right now. Uh, Crooked Water Spirits. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Thank that's you. what I love is that it's a spirits. It's basically a spirits brand, but saying yeah. hey. here's a dry January yeah, cocktail. Just take a break. Take a you break. Know, I honestly will say, like in in Crooked Water, like we should be having fun. Yeah. We're we're not saving li- lives, and in fact, we might be ruining some. Yeah. So like, let's not take it too seriously and have fun with what we're doing and be responsible about it and encourage other people to be responsible. Whether that's taking Ubers or, um, you know, uh, cocktail water, cocktail water. Yeah. yeah, there's so many things to encourage responsible drinking. Yes, you what know what? You- we're gonna actually take a quick break, oh, good. and we're gonna you're gonna stay. I'll set up all my goodies. You we're stay. Mocktails. Yeah, we're gonna and we're gonna talk about how to construct the best mocktail. Awesome. So we will be right back. This is the weekly dish. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are hanging out with Heather Manley from Crooked Water Spirits this morning. Good morning. And this is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, but we're going to say, we're gonna. if you want to call in and ask about mocktails or cocktails or anything, that's cool. We can handle that too. We're just going to be over here making some mocktails while um, we do it. Yes. I was also going to bring just some maybe vodka for you. Because <laughs> uh, I have not for your posts. given up. Jerk. I know my post basically was a, bottle, was a picture of a bunch of bottles in mm-hmm. a bathroom ice bin yeah, and it, it just like kind of said dry January hotel party or something. It kind of did, didn't yeah. it? It was so Stephanie dirty. Meyer's house. It yeah. was her birthday. Happy birthday, Stephanie Meyer. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. So, so the other end of the spectrum, Heather is doing dry January and posting mocktail recipes 
um, regularly, which I think is really yes. fun. I, what, you know, I talked about being pregnant when I was pregnant. I so appreciated going um, and sitting at a bar and having the bartender go, well, let me, can I make you something? Yeah. And like getting really to. excited about it. Yes. And I would still feel like I was participating and celebrating and, and enjoying it. So yeah. I want to know what some of the keys are to a good mocktail. Cause yeah. to me, the worst are like the sugar bombs. So it's funny. Someone texted me or Insta messaged me yesterday and I was giving her guidelines of when you go to a restaurant, what to ask for. And I and I say, you know, I always ask for, you know, um, you can ask for a soda water with, you know, a spritz of um, citrus and uh, a little bit of bitters. But I go, every bartender thinks we want it sweet. Yeah. And, and we don't want sweet mocktails, but say, give them give them a clue and give them a guideline because yeah. Everyone wants to know how to make somebody happy. So do you want it tart? Do you want it savory? Do you want it really, do you want it sweet? I always say in any drink I ever get, I say take out half the simple or completely take it out. Yeah. I'll let the water dilute it and bring it down for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it's just being able to uh, articulate it to the bartender. And I think that there are so many bars out here, like La Belle Vie, rest in peace, had yeah. an amazing mocktail they menu did. that mm-hmm. wasn't crap. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's going to become more popular, hopefully, that it's just not a um, Shirley Temple. No. Yeah. Um, but what I, so what I do is I just play around. I have uh, in my kitchen, I have a whole area just for mixers. And so it's like, I am a kitchen sink cook. Right. So I'll make something out of nothing. That's my gift in the kitchen. And I do the same with cocktails. So I'm not a mixologist. I make beautiful spirits. Mixologists make the spirits beautiful. However, this is all just about balance. And I think that a lot of people are so scared to ruin something. But especially when you're doing mocktails, who cares? If it sucks, put it down the sink and yeah. try it again. <laughs> right. 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 It does, perfect doesn't yes, exist. No. So my perfect cocktail is not going to be maybe sweet enough for you. Right. Uh, or it's not going to be tart enough for you. Right. So there is no perfect recipe. Take a generalized recipe of something that you want, whether it's key lime or mango or something, and then pull it back to meet your balance that makes you happy. Oh, good. So um, I got a little fun because you have the Sharab shrubs. They are local. They're at France 44, South Linda Liquors. Um, He had stopped some by my office like a year ago, and I I don't normally cook or make cocktails with shrubs. Yeah. Because I honestly don't really understand them. Uh, (laughs) I just don't. And so I love I'll ignore them. them. Yeah. And, and now every every dry January, I get back into them. I'm like, oh my God, oh, they're beautiful. Wait a minute, it's so good. So yeah. like the one I made the other night was just, uh, it had a shot of the strawberry shrub shrubs, and then it had a shot of just um, pineapple juice. Mm-hmm. And then I topped it with a little LaCroix. And like, this is going to be a small one. Oh, and then you know what I forgot is bitters. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. But you did bring tough. the giant, amazing ice cubes. Yeah. Minnesota ice. I mm-hmm. should work for them. You I get should. no, I get, I, I'm unsponsored in everything I do. Uh, and I should work for them because, and then make sure you mix it up because all the goodness is on the bottom. Okay. I'm mixing. I'm swirling. Swirl and then it. like another one of my favorites. So I use LaCroix for the bubbles because I think in every cocktail, what, what makes it feel special is one, the glassware. Mm. Yeah. Two, the ice. Three, the garnishment. So I have these like dehydrated. Yeah, and it's all like. Up. No, I know. There you go. She doesn't like that I'm plop, drinking it not plop. fully mixed. We're in yeah. a room. What it's can I do so here? It's so yummy though. Yeah. Uh, but the LaCroix gives it just a little bit of fancy feel. Or you can use like a bitter lemon from Fever Tree. Yeah. So I don't measure that at all, right? I right. already know it's going to be super bitter. It's going to need to be cut by um, a little bit of LaCroix because it's really um uh, strong and then it's probably going to need a little sweetness because it is so better bitter that that's probably not people's jam 
my super professional stirring it's, stick. It's amazing. She's using her fingernails. It's perfect. <laughs> a little bit of the pineapple juice yeah, I'm really liking. Put a little key lime in there for like tart. Yeah. Now then like finger it. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, get it all. Because a lot of times the you got to stir it because the shrub and the oh, yeah. syrups are a lot heavier than the bubbles. Yeah. yeah. So then when you go to serve it, you're going to get all bubbles. I mean, people are going to be like, well, this is a crappy mocktail. But if you uh, swirl it up, Yum. you get uh, all the all the ingredients together. Oh, this is just so good. I know. But see, like nothing was measured. No. So I also nope. have this like spiced cherry. And what what is good with cherry? Lime. Cherry lime. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Extra squeeze. Yep. And then, ooh, let's do ginger beer. Oh. She brought so many things. Right? I know. Do you travel like this all the time and with then, the tote bag like this? <laughs> I do. You don't? You don't? <laughs> What's not in your Actually, car? Actually, I do always have a full bar in my back. You kind of do. And mixers. Yeah. So it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. That's good, though. Is oh, that my right? gosh. Yeah. That's delightful. That's so, what's right. the cherry no syrup effort. that you used? So this I got at France 44 and it's Health Glen's Kitchen. Oh yeah, and it's Heath Glen. Heath Glen. Dorothy Stainbrook. Yeah, she's fabulous. Is that local? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's local. What? And she makes um she makes a raspberry chambord jam that is my greatest that joy. That's your jam. No and way. I love that jam with I talk about this all the time. I love that with the Bent River Camembert from Alamar oh, Cheese Company. Oh, awesome. And you put the raspberry chambord jam over it. And the Bent River Camembert, and you just put it on like a nice little cracker. Walk and into that, a private room and eat it by yourself. Yeah, by yourself. Basically. And that is dinner. Yeah, it's way better by yourself because then you don't have to worry about like if people are eating more than you Than you, you are. So, yeah, right? They're like, hey, I expect half of this cheese to be left over when you leave. Yeah. So back off. So back off. Oh my gosh, that's great too. Isn't that pretty? Now, and also you could actually use jam, right? So take a tablespoon of that jam because it is just mm-hmm. a simple syrup mm-hmm. that is gelatized. Yeah. Right? That's it. So then just add that jam with like a ginger ginger beer and yeah. then a little bit of water to cut it because that's a lot of sweet mm-hmm. you could have your favorite jam in a cocktail i really like this idea though of even just the basic of just jazzing up the Lacroix because you know yeah. people love their Lacroix or they love whatever they sparkling water that they like and then they kind of get sick of it and yeah. you're adding just a tiny bit of like tart and a tiny bit of sweet yep to just make it pop yep it's yeah. so and it's so light you yes. know, and that's the thing is, but you can still, and what I love is also using big ice, you know, and putting it in a nice glass. What's the difference? Honestly, oh. the, the way that you feel socially walking around with your yes. glass, it, there's, you, you don't even realize you're not drinking. Rhett will yell at me because I'll use the nice ice in a mocktail and I'm like, F you. Yeah. Uh, no, it's all, supposed to like, be. A mocktail is just as important as a cocktail yes. and I want to feel fancy. Yeah. That's right. So I'm going to use my Minnesota ice in my mocktail. Oh, this Put a little great. like time on that. And then, like I said, I would add. To all these drinks, I would add at least one bitters, two full dashes, whether it's orange bitters, whether it's cherry bitters. Um, Bitter Cube has a nice uh, cherry bark vanilla. Oh, I love yeah. that one. Um, that that gives a, puts a long way in like something like the cherry uh, shrub that I made you. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Just I depth know. of flavor. Where do you get the Minnesota ice cubes? You can get them at the Kowalski's. At Kowalski's. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I believe also Certix sells them yep. and South Lindale Liquors. Okay. I just was remembering like where you can find them because I know yeah, that some people can. everywhere like a wonderful virus. Yes, I know. Yeah. Keep it up. I know because basically those kind of things just we have a bag in our fridge. And the funny thing is Jake uses it like in his drinks to right? make himself feel fancy. Aww. Like sometimes he makes, you know, like he pours his rip beer, but he's got a Minnesota ice cube in there. And I think that is I would expect hysterical. nothing less of your son. Don't you fancy ice. <laughs> nothing less. He I also like does the- shake his own mind. He is a kid who is like said that he's like he wants to be like a bartender of non-alcoholic drinks for people that's yeah, a I great think it's idea amazing. Don't you, you can think? use like in your when, when summer comes use basil yeah. use mint yeah use oh. rosemary fresh thyme i mean that is like is... then you get the aromas before you even hit the glass yeah i know i, I just always want rosemary in a glass everything yeah. always it's so my, one of my gins it. it's yeah. my favorite herb yeah 
Like I absolutely love it. It just it reminds me of Christmas. It reminds me of summer. Like yeah. it's a it's a herb that encompasses all memories for me. Boy, that might be it my is actually the herb, herb of memory. Too. Do you know that? What is it? Is it is actually the herb of memory. It really it is. Shut like, up. Like that's yeah. No, that's Rosemary's thing. Is that it's the I herb know that of memory. I read that in a smart book I <laughs> opened last year. All the smart parts. All the smart parts. I love that. So fun. I know. Well, thank you so much for being here, doll. And don't yeah, forget, you can absolutely. after January. Let's get drink a little of her stuff. What's your wasted. favorite thing that you're doing right now with, with the distillery? Uh, or with the cocktails? See. With the cocktails? Well, we're on like, like 25 menus yes. across the Twin Cities and greater Twin Cities. Um, and we just launched our Regatta Rye, which is a three and a half year rye that goes into a rum cask I imported from Barbados. Nice. So that's at four stores uh, France 44, South Lindale, North Loop Wine and Spirits, and East Spirits. All right, look for Crooked Water. We'll take a quick, quick break. Liquor. We'll be right back. <laughs>